This time on the Magic Kitchen podcast, we're talking about death and dying from the pagan perspective. I'm Leandra Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. podcast episode might be a little bit um, heavy because we're going to talk about death and dying. And of course, COVID will be part of that discussion and, you know, how we, especially as individuals, how we look at death and our perspective of the process of dying and how that works. Um of course, everyone's going to have a different opinion or a different preference and a different process. And I think that's part of what's so important in this discussion to recognize is that your process of grieving is going to be different than mine. It's going to be different than Joe down the street. It's going to be different than than Jane up the lane. <laughs> so in this this podcast, we want to just give maybe some reassurances and some perspective of how we look at death and dying and maybe even the afterlife. Before we get into our heavy topic of death and dying, we would like to thank all of our listeners for 20,000 downloads. We are floored and so happy. (laughs) Right? I never thought we would, I thought we'd just be, you know, kind of in the corner somewhere, not really making a difference (laughs) or making an impact. But yeah, you all like us out there. Thank you. (laughs) And it really just, it feels so good to have this community growing. And to that end, we've been talking about it for a while. We feel like it is a bit overdue. We decided to set up an email specifically for the podcast. So The email is magickitchenpodcast, magic with a K, at gmail.com. And that's going to be in the description as well. And you can send any questions you have for us, any requests you might have. And we're hoping to answer some questions on the show. So if you'd like to have your question answered on the show or you have any requests for us, we would love to have you send into that email. Definitely. Yeah. And... those of you who are out there enjoying this podcast and, you know, digging what we do over here, <laughs> our goofiness and our banter, I, I really hope that you will go to your favorite podcast player or Apple and leave us a positive review. Leave us some feedback so we can see how we're doing out there and it helps bring others in to become listeners as well. So we do have a few people out there asking questions about what we're up to and what else is coming from the podcast and everything we do on the side. So most of you know, if you've been a longtime listener, especially 
you know that Elise and I, <laughs> this isn't the only thing we do, right? We don't just sit around recording podcasts all day. Um, I own the Witchwood Tea House and Symmetry Holistic Collective, and we have a lot of things coming through the pipeline in that aspect. There, I'm, I'm writing books. I have books that will be released soon. And within the Symmetry Holistic Collective, not only are we running a shop downtown in our local area, but we're bringing a school to the great wide world of, you know, pagans and witches out there. So this school is called Caridon's Grove Collective, and it's going to be a mix of um, uh, witches and pagans and practitioners just sharing their knowledge. And Erin Schrader will have uh, from the Rebel Herbalist. She will have classes on there. Um, my other partner, Stacy Tolbert, who is uh a death doula and a crystal healer. She will have classes on there. And of course I will have classes on there. I have my um, claiming the shadow and I'll have witchcraft 101 and a few other classes. So I hope you'll join us there too. Yeah, it's going to be really awesome. I'm going to be teaching a class on Caridwin's Grove as well um, called manifest a spiritual life. So the goal for that class, and the idea for that class kind of came from my personal project, Seeking Numina, where I travel to spiritual places around the world and record ambience videos, meditations that I write and record on site and histories for these spiritual sites. So um, I wanted to kind of, I get a lot of questions about how I got that idea and then what that's done for me traveling to spiritual places. So I'm excited to build this class and have this class available for people who are interested in that. It'll hopefully be useful no matter where you live or how much you travel. So as we talk about death and dying in this episode, we wanted to touch on the sad fortuitousness that this is coming out exactly two years, almost to the day since COVID really came to the United States and the world at large. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've lost a lot of people in this short amount of time. And I don't think we realize the impact that has on our daily life because, well, from my perspective, our culture is go, go, go. We were actually just talking about that before we recorded this episode about how you're always forced to be pushed to look ahead, look ahead, look ahead. What are you doing next? What's what's happening next? Why are you idle? And grieving is one of those things where you kind of need to be idle for a little while. You need to take a step back and evaluate things. Death is that great evaluator that really helps us kind of look back on our life and where it's where we've been and help us look forward to where we want to go. So I think having this conversation about death and dying is an incredible thing for us to do when we have lost so many people due to this, this pandemic. And I I hate looking at the numbers, but in the United States alone, we're, um, you know, a million (laughs) people dead. That's a lot of people, you know, just a couple months ago it was, it was 900,000 and we're close to a million. So that's a lot of people to lose in such a short amount of time. And 
it's it, devastating on families, the economy, everything. And in some ways, we're talking about it all the time. But in other ways, yeah. we're not talking about it at all. Because right. I feel like we see the numbers and then the news skips to the next story. Or right. it's so present that it almost just becomes, you know, that that project that's in the background that you kind of forget about, but it's also always there nagging at you to give it its attention. Right. And, right. you know, we don't often take the time to process what this has been, or we say, I'll process it when it's over. And right. it's now been two years. We can't, Yeah. we don't know what it's, over it's is. It's not gonna just going to go be. away. Yeah. So yeah, ha- having these thoughts about death, I think it's important to then have the conversations. Yeah. To help us. Well, and I think it, it's also a testament to how adaptable humans are. We really are adaptable. Like we can take the worst situations and still survive. We're not thriving. We're not blossoming or blooming. We're, we're surviving. And I, I think a lot of us are in survival mode still. And when we get stuck in that survival mode, it it's hard to see perspective. It's easy to drop into depression. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and anxious all the time. And if we're not dealing with our emotions and we're not allowing ourselves to grieve for the great losses we've experienced, and if we're constantly looking at that, okay, move to the next thing, move to the next thing, we're not dealing with what's coming through the pipeline. Yeah. And as as a witch, as a pagan, I recognize, and it, not even just that, like as a shadow, pra- shadow work practitioner, and coach, when I look at that, I I realize I see the red flags. I realize that we had, are not giving ourselves the opportunity to grieve. We're not giving ourselves the opportunity to process the the weight of what's happening right now, and we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to reevaluate our lives. How am I living my life right now? What what have I achieved, and is it what I've wanted it to achieve? Because, yeah, we all can just get jobs and go through the motion and do our thing. But are we really living our lives? Because life is short and, you know, it can be gone in a blink of an eye if we're not careful. Yeah. And I think when we don't look at the emotions that the loss and the change, and the death that this transitionary period is bringing us, it makes us more stagnant. It keeps us from growing and developing because emotion is such a huge part of our motivation as people. So if we turn right. off our emotion, we turn off our motivation and that's yeah, going to affect our humanity. Us exactly. It's going to affect all of our relationships. It's going to affect our, our path as witches. It's going to affect the way that we treat ourselves, our self-love capabilities. So yeah. I, it's important to have this reflective period on personal deaths and experiences with death, but also societal experiences and the way that we're seeing things treated in, in the media and around us. And as witches, to think about this from a faith perspective, what do we believe yeah. is the afterlife? Where do we believe all of these people have gone or what do we think is next for them? And what do we think that means for us and our loved ones? Sure. Sure. And, and this is where we can turn to mythology and our deities, our pantheons for guidance. We can turn to what our ancestors believed and we can, for one, evaluate if that is something that we also believe. And maybe it, 
gives us that hope that there is something bigger out there. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer that we are part of something that's much bigger than we are. We're, you know, that little crumb of the pie, so to speak. <laughs> and um, if you're looking at death and the human experience and the body as energy, energy does not get destroyed. It just yeah. goes and does something else. It becomes something else. So I believe in my personal practice that when when I die, I'm going to become I'm reintegrated into whatever it is that's out there. You know, the universe, um, you know, maybe it's, you know, this timeline is connected to other timelines. And somehow when I die, I'm connected to those those different realities. There's no there's no like for sure way to say this is what happens because, you know, we don't know. Yeah. But it's okay not to know. Yeah. I think that's the empowering part of being a pagan, actually, is that acknowledgement that, yeah, we don't know. I think so many paths focus almost, not paths of paganism, I should say religions, other religions, focus on yeah. the afterlife almost more than this life. Sometimes oh, yeah. the afterlife is all that matters. And that's this other side of almost ignoring death because you're saying, well, don't worry about that part. The other side after the death is fine. It's really great. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to, but one, what if that's not true? Mm -hmm. You know, that's something I think a lot of people from other religions sit up at night worrying about when they're grieving a lost loved one, or they're thinking about their own future, or they're looking at their young children and thinking, oh my gosh, one day they're going to die. You know, I think that's a big Everyone from every walk of yeah. life has that feeling about their loved ones. Yeah. I think about yeah. my cat all the time. Of course I'm going to outlive her. That is so crushing to me. Like, I just, that that's so hard to think about. But mm. I think as pagans, we have this comfort in acknowledging energy as such a pure base thing that we are right now part of. And we will just yes. change form to be a part of it again. It's, it's not an ending. It's just a continuance in a different form. And maybe some of our listeners out there believe in karma and reincarnation, and that's perfectly acceptable. Absolutely. Believe in what you believe, believe in what makes you feel comforted. Yeah. And, you know, if that's how, if you believe that you will live a life here and then come back to learn lessons in the next, then prepare for that now. Like, what can you do now to prepare for that? And I think it's important to understand that we can have different ideas, different beliefs, different sightings of of what it is to die in the afterlife. And that's okay. You know, maybe you'll go to Valhalla. Maybe, (laughs) you know, maybe you'll go to the other world. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All these places. And they basically, you know, really tell this almost the same story that there's something more. There's something bigger out there that we're a part of, but we can't see the full picture in our, our current form. And I think it's comforting to think that once we leave this existence, we move into another one that teaches us more, that brings yeah. out more possibility and more potential. So when we think of, you know, dying as, you know, stepping into a new potential, that gives gives a more beauty to death. Um, yeah. In the Celtic tradition, you know, 
it's interesting the, the colors associated with death. So in the Celtic tradition, uh, death is white. It's not this black um, darkness that uh, that we typically think of here in America. It's white. And to me, that is potential. White is possibility. It's that blank slate, that that blank canvas you can paint on. So maybe that's you know what happens when we go is we are able to create something new each time that we're you know planted in the earth and you know the not only do the plants benefit from us but also you know our energy becomes something new yeah i think of death that way i think it's more of a new phase a new chance for a new beginning and we don't yeah. know what that new beginning is yet just like uh-uh. we don't know that when we you know, go on a first date with a new guy or we take mm-hmm. a new class for the first time or yeah. we visit a new place for the first time. We don't really know, even if we plan that trip down to a T or you Facebook stalked the guy for six <laughs> weeks before you went on the date, we still don't really know what that experience is going to be. Right. And I think that's okay. I think that's something beautiful about death is this grand new beginning that we have waiting uh, and for I, us. And, and to you know, to touch on that a little bit, the not knowing, I think, is what also scares people so much. Yeah. I know, you know, not knowing is scary. Some of us want to know. We, we're planners, right? I know I'm a planner. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I like to know what's coming up. But the, there's a point where we have to let go of that and just trust yeah. and have faith and believe that, you know, life continues whether it be in this form or another, it seems that life continues all the time. And if we take our lessons from nature, we will see that nature doesn't waste anything. And when the flower dies and it goes back into the ground, it is nourishing the soil. So when we die, maybe that's what we're doing. We're nourishing something else energetically, physically, and even if we think that dying has no purpose or there's no, nothing after death, there is still something. There's still something yeah. there. There's still and, a purpose. And I think that's when you said we have to trust it, it reminded me of something a lot of us use in our ritual. We come before deity spirit mm. in perfect love and perfect trust. And perfect trust. And I think that's yes. a really comforting notion to apply to death as well. Yeah, I agree. My witch tip for you in this episode is to use dandelions as spells. So when you were a kid, you picked up the dandelion, you'd make a wish and blow all the dandelion seeds everywhere. And if we take that mentality, that that playful child mentality, we look at spell work and how it works. This is the same exact premise. So instead of just making a wish, use the dandelion as a catalyst for your spell using air magic. And if you can, once the seeds have dispersed, maybe collect a couple of those seeds and plant them somewhere specific so you can watch them grow. And as the dandelion grows, your spell work will grow as well. So I think a 
what happens to a lot of us when we lose someone close to us, either a friend or family member, loved one, is we're going back to that idea that we have to keep moving. And there's this timeline for grieving. You you have to go through the 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 stages of grief and you do it once and you're over and you have to be done with grieving. And that's simply not true. Grieving is a process. It's cyclical. It's not linear. And I know a lot of people who find themselves in a state of grief. And this could be a state of grief, not just from someone dying that you knew, but it could be a state of grief of a relationship ending or you moved out of a home that you loved into a home that you didn't quite love. You know, there's different types of grieving. Even for the past. But specifically, oh, gener- yeah. The time period we, we left behind. I mean, 2019 yeah. is a different time period oh, yeah. than 2022. Yeah. Right. And when we don't allow ourselves to grieve, then we're missing part of that integration process. We're missing that process of allowing ourselves to recognize what has occurred, what has been lost to us. And again, we're denying our humanity. Grieving is such an important process that we need to go through when we are in, in that state of loss. And I think our culture really tries to stress upon us that, you know, okay, you cry once, get over it, you know, or don't let anybody see you cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you just lost a loved one, yeah, you can cry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't let anybody bully you or <laughs> shame you into thinking that you can't grieve for somebody or that you can't grieve for a year or more. Some people do. You know, I, okay, I'm I'm going to use this example. Maybe it's kind of strange and but only because I haven't lost any human family members in a very long time, but we lost our dog. Uh, It's going on three years now. And I still cannot bring myself to adopt another dog. Like I still look at her ashes and it still brings me to tears. We had her for 17 years. That's a long time to have a companion. And she was, you know, I know some people look at animals as not being, these sentient beings that are, that have feelings and um, that they're not family members, but this, I'm sorry, my animals are, fa- are my family members. Yeah, and absolutely. I know she had feelings, you know, I know she felt fear. She felt pain. She felt remorse. And she was a part of the family. My kids grew up with her. And, you know, when she was 17 years old and couldn't stand anymore, it was the hardest decision we had to make. But we knew it was best for her to take her to the vet and, you know, end her suffering. So, yeah, grieving takes a long time. Like, I'm not ready to let her go yet. You know? Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I lost my grandmother January 11th, 2001. So that's 20 years now 21 years and i still i still have an ancestor altar for her that whenever i need to talk with her or leave messages for her it still makes me really just so sad for that those lost years that we didn't have and i think moving into that grief in those moments even now thinking about her is just making me so sad but, yeah. you know, we just know that the time we had with them was so valuable and feeling that grief is such a gift 
because you can't yeah. grieve for something you didn't have the emotions that you have for. I don't even know how to say that, but. <laughs> no, I, I know where you're going with that. Yeah. I know where you're going with that. Well, honestly, like we can't have darkness without light and we can't exactly. appreciate light without darkness. So we can't appreciate the joy and the value people and animals and companions and loved ones have in our life if they would always, always be there. Yeah. You know, the whole what's that whole adage? You don't know what you had until it's gone. Yeah. So when you lose someone that's special to you, then you have that emptiness and you're like, wait, that means I need to be more vigilant or more attentive to the relationships I have now because they could be gone tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a gift to know if you miss somebody that much, that you loved somebody that much. Yeah. That is such, such a gift to have it's such a gift that much to feel. Yeah. And it's not a weakness to love somebody that much. It's not, not a, weak to be vulnerable like that, you know? And I think that's such a horrible message that our society feeds to us is that, yeah. oh, if you cry, if you grieve, if you love someone too much, it's a weakness. And to compartmentalize and, that, you know, do that at your spiritual place of worship only, or yeah. do that at home right. only, or, yeah. you know, don't put it on social media. That's not the place for yeah. that. You know, be, be right. authentically, feel authentically, I think. Yeah. Let yourself feel because it's right. It's good. It's human. Yeah. Now, now maybe there are some boundaries with that. You know, if you're showing up to work every day, a complete mess and you can't function, then obviously you're not ready to go back to work. And that's you know, another that part sort of, of thing. it too. Like, I think that's yeah. something else that grief is is part of grief is taking that solitude to grieve and that time with the loved ones yes. related to that loss to grieve. Yes. Take the time to be solitary with your grief and also take that time to yeah. lean on your loved ones with that grief. And and I think that's where ritual plays a huge role in helping us grieve because when we ritualize our grief, yeah. When we take it to the altar or to the ocean or to the we bury it in the ground or we burn it in the fire, we are acknowledging it and we are giving it its own power and then we're releasing ourselves from it. And I think that's yeah. important. And it's not again, it's not this linear thing that, OK, I did this releasing spell and now I am never, ever going to grieve again. That's not true because grief is is. You know, it's like a spiral. It's going to keep you're going to keep coming back around to it until it doesn't hurt as bad anymore. Yeah. You know, but you could then write another letter to the person mm -hmm. you're missing and burn that letter. And that's something that as witches, we have so much power over our emotions. We get to use those emotions for magic and we get to use magic for those emotions. If that makes sense. Absolutely. It all works together so well yeah. to have that. It's like it's like leaning on the people around you, being there for people mm. around you to lean on. Your magic is like yeah. that. It's almost an entity. It's an yeah. energy that you can touch on and say, I need your strength right now. Yeah. And this is where you can utilize services that help you grieve. You know, maybe it's a licensed therapist or maybe you find a death doula that can help you through the process. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> but 
but you know, there's, there's things you can do that you don't have to feel alone in it. You know, maybe if you feel like your family and friends are, are done grieving and they don't want to see you grieve, which is a horrible place to be in, yeah. probably should reevaluate who you're hanging out with. But, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like if maybe you want a more objective point of view or someone not so close to you to grieve with or to help you through the process of grieving, a death doula is an excellent option and a licensed therapist. Like go seek out some help and get get the resolution you need in your time under your parameters of what that means to you. So in talking about death and dying, there, I, I want to also talk about burial options because I think a lot of us get stuck in the idea that we have to be embalmed and we have to be put in this big, expensive casket into the ground. And that's simply not true. There are natural burial options. I mean, you can also, you know, do cremation, that sort of thing. But there's, you know, like what our ancestors used to do, they would just clean the body, put the body in a shroud, place the body in, in the ground and let nature take take over. And that is still a thing. You can still do that. Now, I know not a lot of mortuaries and um, like funeral parlors, that sort of thing, They, the modern ones might not be so keen on that. But if you do some research in your area, I'm sure you could find someone that does the more natural burials. Yeah. And your rights to the body as the next of kin are a lot more than you would think. Um, you can actually look online, depending on your state or the country you reside in, they will have these laws written up and you can actually request with the coroner, like at that moment to leave the body. They don't have to even take the body. Oh, which a lot of people don't know. And yeah. you also can decide to be buried anywhere where the person who owns that land consents. So you don't have to even huh. bury somebody in a funeral, uh, a cemetery. You can bury somebody in your backyard, in their backyard, huh. in grandmother's wow. backyard. So a lot of people that have, um, you know, it's, it's probably not great for your resale value and you might want to reconsider, <laughs> you know, consider the future of the property for the remaining yeah. living yeah. people. But that is definitely right. something you can do with ashes. That would be. Yeah. Great. You that know, would be an excellent anyway. option. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you don't have to worry. Sorry. You don't have to worry about selling your home and the neighbors try to put in a pool and whatever exactly. disaster. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you don't want the Some gravesite site. But... Right. Yeah. You need to think ahead. <laughs> you don't want the gravesite to be disturbed. So yeah. I think ashes are a great option in that aspect. Yeah. And you can oh, even gallows do humor. <laughs> you can even do Viking funerals where you burn them yeah. on an open pyre or you send them out into a sea burial, like a lot of these things are still legal. It's just that mm. unfortunately it comes down to capitalism, why we think we need to embalm and buy $10,000 right. caskets and have oh a funeral parlor host the viewing. Yes. You can do a wake yeah. at your house the old fashioned way. It's actually right. perfectly legal. Yeah. So look into those options. If, right. if I hope you don't need to anytime soon, but you can put that in but your yeah. will. You could make that. Yeah. For yourself, especially. You. Yeah. Yeah. My witch tip for you today 
is for social anxiety. So even if you're not an often sufferer of social anxiety, sometimes we find ourselves in crowded areas or places that make us feel anxious. So what I like to do is subtly, people don't notice this, I promise, when you're standing or sitting, use your finger to trace three concentric circles or another sigil of protection on your leg, your arm, back of your head in a natural motion. People won't notice, but you'll feel a lot more calm. When we lose somebody close to us, whether it's a long time ago, someone we, uh, you know, are still grieving from the, the distant past or somebody recent, uh, we can find ways to memorialize that person. So there's lots of ways you can do this. If somebody was cremated, you can go on a trip that they would love to go on or always had wanted to go on or take their ashes to a place that they would have wanted them scattered or a place they visited a lot. Um, and even if they're not cremated, that's a great way to honor them is go to their favorite restaurants, visit their favorite stores and go yeah. on a walk in their favorite places. So that's some, some way to stay close to, to the deceased. Yeah. And then some, I know there's some jewelry makers that'll even put ashes in jewelry mm-hmm. that you can wear. Um, I think there's others that they will take like either pieces of the hair or um, yeah, the ashes and they'll put it into jewelry. So you always have that person with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and think about it. Like maybe you want to take the ashes to the motherland, you know, maybe you're from another country. If you're, you know, if the, if that person died in the United States and they're from Ireland or Russia or, India, any of those places, and they want their take their ashes home, in yeah. a sense. Yeah, and I think it's also it it can also be very important for the grieving to make ancestor altars at home, and they don't have yes. to be a place where you necessarily perform any rites or leave any. You know, it doesn't have to be an active altar. It could be a shelf that you designate with pictures of them, yeah. gifts they had given you. Ticket stubs from events you went to together. Yeah. And yeah. You, you can leave offerings there. Um, for my grandmother's altar, I will often, whenever I see yellow roses for sale or in mm. the wild, I always get one for her because that was her favorite flower. Cool. So that's something that's I awesome. keep up on her altar. Um, if there's a food they loved and you're missing them, cook it. Leave them a bowl. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yourself and think of those good times you had. Mm. My mother, when my grandmother died, my mother made this big quilt out of all her clothing. So I still have the quilt. Yeah. So it's got all of my grandmother's old shirts and some of her pants and like her the favorite things she wore all the time. So her colorful blouses and pants and everything. So it's like a lot of polyester. Yeah. (laughs) But it's really nice because it's this big quilt stitched together with all of her clothing. So little things like that. that are very important. Yeah. Yeah. We hope that today's episode helped you to process some of your feelings around death and dying as a pagan. And if you want some further resources, I have published an article last year around this time on 
the pagan perspective uh, titled The Air and the Flame. So I'll post that in the description below. Mary meet, Mary part, and And Mary meet meet again. again. Thank you for joining us on the Magic Kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com, for news, information, and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and SeekingNumina.com. That's Seeking, N-U-M-I-N-A. Join me as I immerse you in sacred meditations, ambience, ASMR, and history at spiritual sites around the world.